1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Rag, Fan Sided, and Pro Football Weekly as of yesterday. Go check that out. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. I said on Wednesday that our Friday show would be dedicated to a positional review. And that was my intention. I had every intention of having today's show be about a position group and a review, and, and we have plenty more of those to do as the weeks go on. The problem with that was I didn't anticipate the Packers making a signing and having free agent visits. And because they did that, we have to talk about those things. And I'm sure the fans, I'm sure you guys and girls and whoever else will agree that the reason that, that I have to have this conversation to start the show is a good one. And it's because the Packers signed a cornerback. They signed Tremont Williams. He is back with the Green Bay Packers. And this is obviously the team where he made his bones in the NFL. This is where he established a name for himself, where he won a Super Bowl, where he made Pro Bowls. Well, a Pro Bowl. But he is the perfect kind of veteran corner for a team that appears to be set up to be full of young players. He is 35. Turned 35 a week ago, in fact. March 16th. And the best thing about him at this point in his career is... Number one, he's a veteran who works his ass off and who studies his ass off. He is the kind of guy you want in a cornerback room with young players because they're going to look at him and go, okay, how has that guy been able to survive in the National Football League since 2006? How did he help a team win a Super Bowl? How is he still playing at 35? And the answer to all of those questions is he studies, he works hard, and he outthinks everyone else. He outworks everyone else. He out efforts everyone else. And Tremont Williams is not an incredible talent. He is not a physical specimen. He's not Patrick Peterson. But he's smart, and he's savvy, and he's instinctive, and he he prepares. I mean, there, there are stories about him out there where he would go home and just watch hours and hours of tape, and his family understood, look, this is what he has to do to get prepared to play. He has to go in, and he has to know the opposing offense inside and out. If you can get Kevin King to buy into that, maybe he can take that year two leap. If you can get Lindsey Pipkins to buy into that, maybe he can outperform some of his physical limitations the same way Tremont Williams has done. I don't think any Packers fan should come in and expect Tremont Williams to be the savior of this passing defense. He's not even as talented right now as Demarius Randall, Now, he's certainly a better locker room presence given everything we know now about what went on the last year or two, but he's not the athletic talent. But here's what this does. Tremont Williams can play outside. He can play in the slot. He can be a positive and impactful force in the secondary. He played really well in Arizona last year, He's not going to come in and be your number one corner, and he's probably not even going to be a preferred number two corner, but if he can play that third corner role, he can be highly efficient. The pro football focus numbers with him last year were really, really good, especially in man coverage. I mean, anytime your passer rating in man coverage can be something close to zero, which is was last year, according to PFF, that you're doing a pretty good job, I would say. What this sets up is if the Packers, let's just say they only re-sign Devon House. To go along with Shermon Williams, so we've got a bunch of former Packers with Kevin King. They draft someone in the top 100, doesn't have to be at 14, could be 45, could be 76. Just bringing back those veterans gives them so much more flexibility. I wrote about it and I've talked about it on this show. I thought the Packers... Needed to trade up, they needed to go get a corner. They needed to improve this secondary at all costs. Well, if they if they bring in Tramon Williams, which we know they've done, and they bring in a player like Devon House, or let's just say a comparable boundary corner, Ross Cockrell, or someone like that, if they do that and they have plenty of money to do that without a problem, the secondary is going to be okay. And they can improve in the draft, they add some youth, they can bring in a a pass rusher or a safety or both. And you just have to assume that Mike Pettin is gonna have them in better positions than Dom Capers did. That is a given to me. So if they are able to do something like add EJ Gaines or add Brashad Breland or Dominique Rogers Cromartie, that's a huge value add that we just weren't expecting to get as as observers, as fans, as whatever. So to, this just sets up everything about the rest of how this offseason can go. I think you can already say that it is a success given Jimmy Graham and Muhammad Wilkerson. at a corner. They can get another value corner, a veteran player to come in. Devon House and Tremont Williams are not going to come in and be the Legion of Boom. That's okay. They don't need to be. If they can come in and just give you replacement level ability, if Kevin King can take the, the leap forward that his talent says that he could and this defensive front is better and the scheme is better and they play more disciplined, the defense can be good enough because the offense is going to score. I mean, the guys are are getting healthy The Packers are going to have Aaron Rodgers. They're going to have Brian Bulaga healthy. They're going to have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, Devontae Adams. Randall Cobb is healthy. They have the the opportunity to add some offensive talent in the draft. They could sign a receiver. We're going to talk about Jordan Matthews in just a second. This team can be really good. This can be the best team in the NFC. This can be a Super Bowl team. And it wouldn't take that much more adding. Tremont Williams was a cheap signing, it was a smart signing, it's a value signing, and it sets up so many additional opportunities for the Packers because they can just say, look, we have what we want to be our future number one corner, we have a versatile inside-outside veteran player who can still, I mean, 35, that's just a number, he was really good last year. He can still run. He can still play with instincts. He's so smart. He's so prepared. He's so instinctive that any lack of athleticism that, it, let's be honest, was there four years ago. I mean, the, the most famous recent Tremont Williams play is him giving up the go-ahead game-winning touchdown in the in overtime against Seattle in the NFC title game. But over the last few years, he's played much better than that moment. That singular moment has not derailed his career, and he played well enough last year to get a two-year contract with Green Bay at 35. I mentioned Pro Football Focus earlier. I want to remind you, as always, about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway that's a $39.99 value you could win an edge subscription that gets you behind the paywall for free access to things like the the draft grades draft profiles free agency content all sorts of fantasy football content for the upcoming year you get a subscription That, that is good for a year So you can have the opportunity to beat all your friends with all the proprietary information that Pro Football Focus has that they can't get without a significant investment as far as these things go for fantasy. So put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes to be entered to win.
0: David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings Good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: Tom Silverstein of the Journal Sentinel reported on Thursday that the Packers are hosting Jordan Matthews in a free agent visit. And this is a name that I have brought up before. It's a name that the Packers have been interested in. It was a name they were interested in before the draft. James Franklin was the guy that brought Jordan Matthews to Vanderbilt. He's a former Packers coach now at Penn State. Jordan Matthews is 6'3". 212, ran 4 4 at the combine, speed score in the 90th percentile, spark score in the 90s. He is an outstanding athlete, still just 25. Don't hold his 2017 too much against him. Matthews got hurt in 2016, it bled into the 2017 season. And oh, by the way, he played in a passing offense in Buffalo that was a disaster. He got traded in Philadelphia. After three very good seasons to open his career. And he got traded because the Eagles needed a corner. He got traded for Ronald Darby, who had played very well for the Bills. The Eagles needed a corner. And so they were willing to give up a receiver after drafting Nelson Aguilar and signing Alshon Jeffrey to get a cornerback. But if you just look at the numbers... Jordan Matthews, his first year in Philadelphia, 67 catches, 872 yards, eight touchdowns as a rookie, 65% catch percentage. That's a really outstanding rookie season in just 10 starts. He played all 16 games, but 10 starts. In 2015, that was his breakout year. Chip Kelly decided, we really like you as a big slot. So that's what we're going to play you in 13 starts, 85 catches, yardage, 8 touchdowns, 67.5% catch rate. Now, the yards per catch went down from 13 to 11.7. Part of that was he was playing more in the slot, so he wasn't being used as much as a down-the-field threat, but that was a place that he excelled at. Vanderbilt, he can make plays down the field. He can play outside. Just because he played in the slot in Philadelphia does not mean he's a slot receiver. The reality is Chip Kelly featured the slot position in his offense, and therefore, he put his best player in the slot. A player who is 6'3", 212 pounds, is not a traditional slot receiver. He just happens to have outstanding athletic traits. And so they said, we're going to put you inside... We're going to get you matched up on players that we like. Slot corners tend to be smaller. Most teams don't travel their number one corner from side to side, much less put him in the slot. So we're going to get the 6'3", 212 pound Jordan Matthews against slot corners, nickel corners who might be 5'8", 5'9", 190. And now we have a matchup advantage. That makes sense. The thing about Jordan Matthews is he's still just 25. And I know that there were some some Packers media, some Packers fans who are like, well, if we're going to pay money to Jordan Matthews, why wouldn't we have just paid it to Jordy Nelson, a guy who was going to take just a couple million to stay in Green Bay, even if that was a mildly insulting offer? My rebuttal to that is Jordan Matthews is 25, soon to be 26. He can be an impact player in the Packers offense for the rest of Aaron Rodgers' prime. That's not true with Jordy Nelson. Jordan Matthews, he... So there's this thing in college prospects that, that there's two key statistics when it comes to Evaluating receivers in the college game. Number one is what's called the dominator ranking that was developed by Rotoviz and breakout age. And these are important because what it what it measures is pure talent. If you are an 18, 19 year old and you are carrying an offense, especially an offense in the SEC, like Vanderbilt. That matters more than a player like, let's say, Calvin Ridley, who is 24 as a rookie and maybe his breakout age was a little bit later and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, 22-year-olds should have a physical advantage over 18 and 19-year-olds. But if you're 18, like Juju Smith-Schuster was at USC and you are ripping up Pac-12 defenses that are 21 and 22-year-olds, that matters. That matters. Jordan Matthews' college dominator score is in the 93rd percentile. His breakout age, 18.1, 100th percentile. That is the elite of the elite of the elite. He walked into the SEC at Vanderbilt, a place without elite talent around him, and dominated SEC competition. Against guys like Vernon Hargraves, who go in the first round at Florida. The best college defensive backs in football, the best athletes in football in the SEC, and Jordan Matthews torched them all. The fact that that he didn't produce with Sam Bradford or with Tyrod Taylor last year, that's not a mark against him. That's a mark against those offenses and those quarterbacks. In fact, last year in seven starts, he averaged more per catch than he did in 2016 with Carson Wentz, and he had his best catch percentage of his career. Now, he averaged way fewer yards per game because he just wasn't a big factor in the offense because they didn't throw the ball. So for the Packers, the appeal here is you can get a player at a relatively inexpensive rate because of that lack of production, who's still just 25, who has outstanding athletic talent and can come in and play outside. He can play in the slot. He can do anything you ask him to do in this offense and who the Packers already liked. He's a player that already fit what they look for in a receiver. And so I understand, again, this idea that, well, they could have just kept Jordy Nelson for the money they're going to play. pay Jordan Matthews, assuming they make the signing. At the time that you're listening to this, we may know for a fact they're not going to do that, or we may know for a fact they will, but this is where we are right now this minute. Jordan Matthews, you'd rather get him in the offense this year so that at 26, 27, 28, he can still be in his prime and contributing to this offense. If the Packers were only to do something like draft a receiver to come in and be the number two on the outside with Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb might technically be your two or maybe it's Jimmy Graham or whatever the hierarchy is, instead of doing that, you expedite that process. You bring in a veteran receiver who is still young with upside. And now you start to build that relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And maybe it's not fully formed in year one, but by year two, year three, year four down the line, when Aaron Rodgers is still theoretically in his physical prime, now you've built that. You've developed this relationship that allows you to have an offense that makes sense. Jordan Matthews can get down the field, he can play in the slot, he can work the middle, he can work the sidelines he can work in the red zone. He can he can give you everything you need in this offense to complement DeVonte Adams, Randall Cobb, Jimmy Graham, and this run game. This would be a no-brainer for the Packers. And if you look at this offseason as a whole, remember, I have insisted over the course of this process you need to judge Free agency specifically in its totality. If the Packers, and let's just say, for sake of argument, so we know Jimmy Graham, we know Mahaba Wilkerson, we know Tramon Williams. Let's say they had Jordan Matthews and Devon House, and that is the whole free agency. They could they there's other players they could add, but let's just say that's the whole enchilada. That is the best free agent offseason the Packers have had since they signed Charles Woodson and Ryan Pickett and arguably before at least we see any of the games it's better because Woodson was somewhat disappointing coming out of Oakland and Pickett although everyone agreed he was a good player we didn't know he could be the kind of impact run defender he was especially with the Packers he'd been a very good player The Packers potentially, given the guys that I just mentioned, I'm not exaggerating when I say Jordan Matthews has Pro Bowl caliber talent. Mohamed Wilkerson could be a Pro Bowler. Jimmy Graham could be a Pro Bowler. We're talking about multiple serious impact players, and that's just not something Packer fans are used to. You are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL and this time of year with Locked On NFL Draft. This episode is brought to you by Shell.
2: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: The last thing I want to hit on is just that there are still players out there. There are still impact players, and the Jordan Matthews interest is evidence of that. EJ Gaines still doesn't have a home. Now, given what we know about what Brian Gutekinds has done to this point, he's too small, and the Packers have not strayed from the preferences that they have in the draft and the kinds of players that they have targeted in this free agency period. So maybe he's not in play. Ross Cockrell could be. Bashad Breeland could be. Eric Reed is still out there. Kenny Vaccaro is still out there. Trey Boston is still out there. Now that the Packers have missed out on the opportunity to bring back Morgan Burnett, he signed with the Steelers. Maybe Derwin James falls to 14. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe Denzel Ward falls to 14. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe Minka Fitzpatrick falls to 14. But maybe he doesn't. And as I've said all offseason, these are interconnected facets of the offseason. What happens in free agency affects the Packers' strategy in the draft. And so if they're able to fill some of these holes, it allows them to focus in in the draft. Let's say they sign Jordan Matthews and Eric Reed. Then there are, there are two critical Positions that they need to address. Corner, pass rusher. So maybe they say, listen, we know we need to go up and get player X. Denzel Ward, Josh Jackson, whoever it is. So what what the Packers are going to do is they're going to give up. There was a, a trade floated to me that I really liked. 14, 45, and 101 for 9, 59. So the Packers keep a second round pick, they move up in the draft, and in this case, I think the move is, they move up in the draft for a player like Denzel Ward. Could be Derwin James, could be Mika Fitzpatrick. Frankly, doesn't matter to me, because I think any of those guys could play corner, at the very least, they could play nickel corner, so they have an impact on this defense in in a potentially impactful way. Adding in free agency, something that Ted Thompson refused often to do, allowed him last year, for example, to trade out of his first-round pick to get an ultra-talented player like Kevin King and add additional picks because he had gone out to get pass catchers, because he had gone out to get defensive linemen. Those things matter. And so if the Packers can go out in free agency and add a pass catcher, or two in this case, then that second and that third, maybe it becomes less important to keep and more important to turn into a better asset. Maybe if they add another rotational level defensive back and a receiver like Jordan Matthews, maybe you give up 45 to get up as high as you can in the draft. And if the Packers are desperate enough to move up, They'll keep adding to that offer. And if if that team has other teams interested in moving up, then they have a bidding war and they can jack up the price of that pick. It's going to be fascinating to watch over the next few days. Maybe by the time we come back on Monday, we'll have a signing or two to talk about. I, I hope that's the case. I would love to see the Jordan Matthews signing. I think it it is a a great idea for the Packers. It makes perfect sense given the kinds of players that they're looking at, the kinds of players they need, frankly, and the the flexibility it would provide them for the rest of the offseason. If there aren't any more signings, Monday we will do a positional review because, again, I promised that today, and that's not what we're doing because there's too much other stuff to talk about. When there's less things to talk about, we will talk about something else. Until then, this is what we have to be talking about. We will continue to do that. Remember, you can always ask questions. I appreciate all the questions I get at Peter underscore weekhouse. at Lockdown Packers. All of the information there. We are working on building a new site for the Lockdown Packers websites at FanRag, a, a clearinghouse for all of the Lockdown Podcast content. So remember, you have to stay... Locked On Hackers.